Hello and welcome. You're listening to It's a Groom's Life with Carly O'Brien. Hi everyone and welcome to a new episode of It's a Groom's Life. Today with me I have Cora um, and she does a very exciting discipline in the equestrian well so I'm really really excited to speak to you. So hi Cora, how are you doing? Hi, I'm doing good, thank you. It's a lovely day outside. (laughs) Yes, after all the rain we've had recently it's actually nice to see the sunshine. (laughs) Yeah, for a sport that we usually do in the fields we have to and bring it indoors now yeah yeah well let's talk about it so would you mind um introducing yourself a little bit tell us a little bit about you and what discipline you do okay so hi my name's Cora and I do horseback archery um and this year I went to my first international and it's a really really fun sport uh, it's not changed a huge amount since you know Genghis Khan conquered the Mon- conquered the whole of Mongolia um, our bows got a bit smaller and our horses probably a bit steadier, but the principles of it remain the same. So it's exactly as you would think. Uh, you can see carvings of it in the British Museum. Um, we ride in a, usually in a straight line, although there are some competitions where you turn or do almost like a cross-country course. And yeah. you have a bow, few arrows, and you fire the bow at targets. And you can do it at any speed, walk, trot or canter. Most of it's done in canter or gallop. Um, and then we also have um, inclusive sports, uh, you know, para sport, um, lots of, uh, what's the word? Lots of different things that you can do. And it's really, really great. It's open to any horse. You don't have to have any sort of special horse. I do it on my warm blood. My friend does it on her ex riding school pony. Um, another friend does it on her shire horse. It's a, it's a fantastic sport for any kind of person. That's, I mean, to be honest, I haven't really seen much about it. So it's it's great that you're sort of highlighting it. So how did you come to get it to, into it in the first place? How did it all start? Well, it so for, for a lot of people, they have someone that they know who does it. And it was no different for me. I um, It was my birthday and my mum was like, I don't know what to get her. And it just so happened that our neighbours... Um, one of them taught horseback archery and so my mum got me two lessons to my birthday and by the second one I was absolutely hooked I was like this is what I want to do forever now excellent and is it like do you have to do learn to do archery on the ground first before you do the horse like do it on a horse or do you just go straight into the deep end and do it straight on the horse well we start it's much safer to start on the ground so um my horse had never done archery before either. So you've got to desensitize the horse to the bow as well. Yeah. So everything starts on the ground, very steady. Um, you learn how to shoot um, because we use a slightly different technique. So a lot of people who've kind of come at, come from doing target archery, like what you might see, uh, they have bows which have sights, balancers, clickers, all of these different high-tech bits of equipment. Our bows are pretty much just a stick and a string. Right. Um, we don't even have a shelter. We don't even have a shelf to rest the arrow on. We rest the arrow on our hand. Um, right. So quite a lot of the horse archery draws, um, you rest the arrow on your thumb. But then the um, there's also another draw where you can rest the arrow on your index finger. 
And um, so you learn how to do that first and you get your horse used to the sound of the bow firing and the arrow hitting the target. Mm -hmm. And then once you feel confident and your horse is not terrified of what's happening, then you can get going and hop on. You know, you start and walk. You don't have to start straight at a flat out gallop and just go from there. And it's it's very much practice based. That's what I love about it. Um, you don't have to have anything particularly fancy once you've got the bow and the arrows and the horse. That's all you really need. And how much, like, obviously you've got targets and stuff. So how does the points scoring system work? So we have a five zone score, whereas um, sort of grounded archery has 10 zones. So on a target, um, on a paper target face, there's five colours. And then within each colour, there'll be a line. We don't distinguish between the lines. We just look at the colours. And if so, if you hit like in between the colours, so like half of it's on uh, black and half's on white, you'll get the highest scoring point. Um, uh, So we only use five targets because trying to get, it's not quite as accurate as ground archery because you're going an awful lot faster. Yeah. And then how much points are they on each colour or does it um, vary depending on what classes or anything you're in? Yeah, so there's a few different target colours. Um, so the um, the tower target, which is it's almost built a bit like a castle, so it's slightly raised up. That uses different colours to the targets that we use for the Korean or raid targets. Um, but as a general principle, yellow is gold, which is five points. And then it goes down four, three, two, one, further out you get. Okay. And but there are. Uh, oh, sorry. Oh, there are other forms of like targets. So, for example, in Japan, um, where the Japanese horseback archery is a completely different style, and they hit, they have blunt headed arrows and they hit wooden boards. So that's just whether you hit or miss rather mm. than a specific target point. Oh, okay. Yeah. And do, do, is it like, because um, obviously you talked about that you do it in a walk, trot, canter. Like if there's like a competition, do do they have classes for just walk, just trot, just canter? Or is it the same same class regardless what transition you do it in? Well, it, it kind of depends which competition you go to. So most of the international ranking classes, they're all shot from canter or gallop because that's that's the traditional way to shoot it but then i'm running a competition next month and we'll have walk and trot classes to make it more inclusive yeah so it's it's really a question of what everyone demands but it's it's a bit like dressage tests so we have different dressage tests but instead of tests it's target arrangements mm. so each each arrangement of targets is slightly different and you might arrange the target slightly different for different canter classes different walk trot classes and that will determine the difficulty and how you're shooting and then um how does it work in i mean obviously i i get that you have to hit the target and obviously ideally you want to get like the center of the target but how many runs do you have in the competition do they just do it on that for that one run that you do of how many points you get or do you have like a um a couple how many bows i don't know what the right terminology is <laughs> arrows arrows um, arrows that's it sorry how many arrows do you have per class so, or 
it depends on the class. So as a general principle, the classes that we run at nationals are the tower, the raid and the skirmish. So the tower and the raid, you run six times and have two practice runs beforehand. And that's quite standard for most of the um, HBA, which is horseback archery eventing tracks. But then uh, skirmish and some of the special tracks like the tabla, which is a traditional Turkish track, you'll run four times with one or two warm up runs. And um, then you've also got things like the hunt, which is essentially cross country, but on with a bow and arrow. And you'll run that depending on the length of the course, maybe one to two times with a practice beforehand. Um, and then also you'll get speed points depending on how fast you go. So faster you go, the more speed points you get. How excellent. And the cross country one sounds like great fun as well, because you're you're sort of combining two um, disciplines in one in that one. Yes, um, I've actually never done it before because I'm, I'm fairly new to horseback archery. I only picked it up last year and the hunt's not very commonly done in the UK because um, we just don't have anywhere big enough to run it. Oh. But the jumps are kept quite small. Um, they're only about, they're up to about 50 because you're often riding a borrowed horse and you obviously have a bow and arrow in your hand and yeah. you're, there's lots of twists in your hands and you've got all sorts of different, tar- um, different types of shots. So you've got the regular side shot, front shots, back shots, shooting towards the ground, long range shots, even um, one called the Merida shot where you're shooting at a target slightly raised, raised above your path. Mm. And, the, and then there's another type of target called the Kabak, which is a, uh, a gong or loud metal plate mounted on top of a pole and you shoot directly upwards. Oh, okay. So there's a huge diversity in it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And is there any sort of like um, any, is it just like standard rider wear or is any like other sort of specific equipment that you need to ride? Aside from the bow and arrow, no, we're actually one of the most relaxed sports about um, what you wear. So the BHS has just allowed people to wear black and navy breeches in riding club events, but we've been allowing them forever. So I I love it because you can go to a competition and five different riders will be wearing five different things. So you'll have people wearing standard competition gear, you know, white breeches and a a competition top. We tend not to wear show jackets because they get in the way. Mm. Um, Then the the next person you'll have will be wearing traditional military uniform. The third person will be wearing a traditional um, outfit of their country. The fourth might be wearing a complete amalgamation of all of them because that's the most comfortable thing. Mm. And the fifth might be wearing something that they found in a history museum and decided to replicate. It's we have we're very relaxed about what you wear. Excellent. And like how I mean, obviously, a lot of it is done on your balance and things like that as a rider. Like, are there like other um sort of schooling exercises that you have to do that sort of obviously helps you and helps the horse sort of stay balanced especially if you're sort of doing it canter and gallop in a straight line and obviously your twist to the side I imagine to obviously hit the target so is there any like specific exercises you have to do well it's it's more just practice really you know you practice the exercises when you're on the ground you practice twisting your hips um so I 
recently kind of revolutionized the way that I ride. Everyone has different theories about how it's best to ride the horse of horseback archery. But um, some people think you should twist your hips one way. Some people think you should twist your hips the other way. There's really no correct way to do it. It's just the way that you find best works best for you. Mm. So there's no kind of one exercise that you can do. But um, one of the things that we practice a lot is knocking, which is the uh, action of putting the arrow on the string. Yeah. And because that's so easy to mess up when you're going very fast mm. and very easy to mess up walk even. Um, so you just practice knocking, putting the arrow on and off the string, on and off, without looking at it either. Mm. Um, well, the only thing you're looking at when you're going down the archery track is the targets. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all, all done by people. Yeah. And um, if someone was like, oh, I like the sound of this. This sounds like fun. Like, is there like a website where people can go to find for their local centres or is there a Facebook group or anything where people can find more information about where they can maybe have a lesson or maybe join? So there's there's both. So the British Horseback Archery Association, uh, bha.org.uk, I think their website is, um, they have a list of uh, lots of different coaches in the country um, and there's there's one for most regions and you can just contact them and say, hi i want to get into this and they'll be able to point you in the right direction mm. and if there isn't any near you um there's quite a lot of like video coaching and uh videos online of people who do horseback archery getting you into it how you desensitize the horse to it um all sorts so um the world number one mihai cosme uh, from romania his youtube channel is living arrow hba he's made a a huge number of YouTube videos talking about horseback archery and the principles of horseback archery. But the BHA website is a really good place to start. They're kind of the national gov governing body of horseback archery. And they've got a huge list of coaches who can give you a way to get into it. Oh, excellent. That's a good way to start, 100%. And um, mm -hmm. it's, um, Oh God, I just had a question. The tip of my tongue, and now it's just gone as soon as I start asking. This happens all the time with me when I do my recordings. I have loads of questions in my head. I'm like, I must ask, I must ask. And as soon as I do, it goes out of my head. It will come back to me in a minute. Yeah. Um, and I'm just um, trying not to give too much information all at once. No, that's all right. No, it's perfect. And um, you talked about like international shows and stuff like how often are there shows in the UK um and is it like shows where people can go and watch or is it just uh sort of like a private event yeah so it, it there's a huge kind of diversity of different types of shows but if anyone ever wants to come to nationals or even the competition that I'm running you're more than welcome to come along um because it's still quite small it's really very much in its infancy we we just don't have the numbers to run competitions like say show jumping or dressage do every weekend yeah. but one of the things we all really want is to see more events in the calendar so the mm. more people want to come to these events the more events there will be so yeah. i'm running one on 17th of december at ccr equestrian up in gloucestershire and if anyone wants to come along to that you're more than welcome just drop me an email um and there's um so i think a few clubs run their own competitions each every each year and then we have the nationals which is the big competition um which is usually up in Leicestershire 
and then um there's just a few little ones year round but it would be really good to see some more if we get some more people and enough interest oh and I think hopefully after this podcast as well like more people would at least sort of go and check out the website or maybe start following you and yeah um seeing your journey and sort of maybe spark a bit of a interest in there a hundred percent yeah I mean if anyone wants to learn more there's everyone I know is always willing to talk about horseback archery it's the people who do it are really really passionate and they're just such a lovely bunch oh that's so nice and it's such a great community to be part of by the sound well yeah. within the question world anyway but um if you've got like a sort of a unique um new you a new unique, sorry a unique discipline then uh it, it sort of brings people together a lot more doesn't it yeah I mean it can feel scary I know because I only joined last year it can feel feel very scary because a lot of the people you kind of know they seem to have been doing it for years and they know everyone because it's so small you do kind of know everyone but they they they're so well you know I ended up at nationals all by myself last year not it wasn't intended but it um it just happened that way there was a bit of an accident and um everyone was so welcoming and friendly and it's such a just a happy environment oh that's lovely that sounds like a lovely thing to be part of yeah Uh, and I kind of open this bit of space for everyone on my podcast um obviously you've talked about your show but if there's anything else that you want to talk about and discuss that we may not have covered of this um anything you're passionate about that you want to talk about this is sort of like your open space to share anything you want well one of the things that I always get and everyone who ever does horseback archery will always get when they tell people that they do horseback archery is my horse would never, ever do that. He's way yeah. too spooky, silly, any of those things. And I say to them, just give it a try. You have no idea what will happen. So my horse, he is a grade A idiot. To be honest, <laughs> I love him to pieces. I love him to pieces, but he nearly ran my train, my instructor over yesterday because he was spooking so hard. He he is the spookiest horse you will ever meet. He's the only horse that my mother refuses to ride because of how spooky he is, and he can do archery. So, and there's such a diversity of horses in it. So you know, it's not like say show jumping or dressage where all the top horses are they. They have kind of the similar stamp, you know. They're all warm blood mm-hmm. sport horses. There's mm-hmm. no, there's nothing like that in horseback archery. You know, we, um, you can do it on anything from a Shetland to an Arabian. There's just it doesn't. It takes all types. It takes all sorts. I do it on my warm blood. It's very spooky, but he loves it. And the number of horses who just absolutely adore doing horseback archery because mm-hmm. of how simple it is for them. And yeah. how much fun it is and how you know if your horse likes cantering in straight lines which most horses do then mm. it's perfect and it and um it's also really good if you've got um you know young horses older horses horses that don't want to do too much mm. um you know a lot of horses maybe as they get a bit older they don't want to jump so much but they can carry on doing horseback archery for as long as they can they're still sound you know mm, and yeah. all the time they're happy that horseback archery is perfect so at the beginning of the year uh, my horse Zavon he had a really nasty accident and he got stuck on a fence 
Ooh. And we always did show jumping. We always did show jumping as well. And I haven't jumped him since the accident. But once I got back on, we were doing horseback archery within two weeks because it's so low intensity for them. It's yeah. they all they have to do is run a straight line over about a hundred meters. And so it's it's really fantastic and because it's just it's such a good alternative for horses that don't want to be jumping big jumps or trotting around in circles for hours on end yeah yeah oh I love that absolutely love that um I thank you for telling us like more about it I like even I'm intrigued <laughs> I think I'm gonna have to check out the website and stuff to find out if I've got a centre near me <laughs> it's just such a such a fantastic thing to do I love it so much and I'll I'll never get tired of talking about it because it, it, it I, you know, my, both my sister and I have kind of moved away from a lot of the big horse sports because mm. of how kind of money and just, I think everyone feels it, especially in, in the, these times, it's so money-based and all about who you know, but, you know, the horses at Horseback Archery really are all sorts. You don't have to have any one type. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely love that. Um, okay, so I um, finish off the podcast with some quick fire questions. So generally, are you a night in or a night out person? In, definitely. <laughs> um, are you tea or coffee? Hot chocolate. Go for that. No, that's fine. Uh, wellies or heels? Oh, wellies, easy. <laughs> I don't own a <laughs> sweet or savory five. uh sweet definitely sweet um book or film mm, can i can i plug a book really quickly yes of course you can go for it normally i would say film but there's a really really fantastic book called wolf of the plains which talks about the early life of genghis khan and it also gives a bit of an insight into like historical horseback archery. It's very well written and it's such a good read. You know, I, I could read all of it in one night if I if I had the time. But um, it is a bit gory. So just bear that in mind. <laughs> but it's 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 really it's a fantastic book that I think everyone should read, especially if they're interested in horseback archery. Oh, lovely. so that book films. Bit of both. Love it. Absolutely love it. Thank you for the recommendation. Um, and lastly, where where can we find you on social media so we can follow your journey? So my Instagram and TikTok, I don't use TikTok very often. Uh, they are salt.bay, which is a play, a play on the salt bay meme. Um, S-A-L-T dot B-A-Y, because my horse is bay. Um, and then Facebook-wise, I just lost my Facebook, so I don't have such a big presence on there. But um, I think my pub, I think my profile is public. It's just Cora Moore. Lovely. Thank you so much. Well, I really appreciate you um, telling us all about it um, and sort of highlighting the sport. And hopefully, we'll get some more people um, at least trying it or um, go to watch it and stuff. So, thank yeah. you so much for your time, Cora. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been fabulous.
absolute pleasure and as always guys if you love this episode which i'm sure you will and find it really fascinating please do tag cora and i on instagram stories we'd love to know that you're listening and i'll speak to you all on the next episode if you listen to this episode i really hope you enjoyed it as i did making it if you um like to follow me on socials my um instagram is cobs equine services and the same on facebook cobs equine services um if you are listening to this on your um, apple or spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast i really appreciate it if you could leave me a review as it gets um other people to highlight the um episodes to other people And I will speak to you all on the next episode.